Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets. Ideas, ideas change the world. Uh, a while back, I had an outstanding conversation with the CISO and the and a new, newly titled Chief Technology Officer of Seattle Children's. Uh, Gary Gooden was is just an absolute visionary when it when it comes to making Seattle Children's one of the top hospitals research centers in the country, and uh, and he frankly stated that his profession was to now lead the digital transformation of the hospital for a competitive advantage and also, of course, to serve the community. The CISO, the tip of the spear for digital transformation. And because of that, Seattle Children's has adopted what I'm going to call a DNA of piloting new and emerging technology. And when you're piloting, you can form a hypothesis, but the whole idea is discovery, engagement. And if you have that DNA, you're looking for partners who have the same. Uh, so I'm welcoming today one of Gary's right-hand men who runs the cyber physical IT security program, uh, Dylan Hayes. Dylan has been a frequent con contributor to the great conversation. Dylan, welcome. Thank you. We also have Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson owns Occupancy Sensor Solutions uh, at Orion Entrance Controls and, um, and is also part of a company with the DNA of constantly pushing the boundaries of new technology. Mike, welcome to The Great Conversation. Thanks for having me. And I think it's important for me to say, I don't own it. <laughs> well, responsibility, uh, but I don't own it. So. Yeah, okay. You, you, well, it, it, theoretically, we don't own anything ever. It's with, it, with and through others, right? Very true. So, uh, but in, in this great, so what I want to tease out, I'm really interested. And again, for those of you who listen in, you always know I I kind of visualize sitting by a fire with these guys. This is unscripted. We're going to have some fun here. But I really want to explore that because I think, I think it's a necessity that this industry, the secure, risk resilient security industry, have a piloting DNA. I think it's important to explore emerging technology, but it's also important in vetting existing technology against your requirements. So, I love the fact you both have this DNA. Dylan, tell me how that DNA has, um, has led children's to where it is today. Uh, help, help me explore how that has worked for you in the past. Sure. No, appreciate that. You know, I mean, I, I just think about our, our longstanding history in the community, you know, over a hundred years, really uh, in the healthcare space. And recognizing that's a continuous journey. And, you know, this is an important brand and important mission that we need to continue to protect. And so we've recognized, you know, that we know our, our security and our protection landscape is going to be ever evolving. And, um, you know, what I've seen over the course of time is that, you know, our industry oftentimes 
has been slow to move. And as we started to converge more with the really the IT space, we see a lot more developments uh, occurring. And so it makes sense for us to say, well, gosh, what can what can work for us? What can benefit our, our organization um, and provide some more value or more some some more security? Uh, you know, maybe even create a, a healthier space for, for our patients and families. And so we've always been on the cusp of working closely with our manufacturing partners uh, from, from hardware to electronic hardware um, and trying to bring in different levels of integrations and really test things out. And I think one of the things I'm fortunate for is that you know, we've, we've established a test environment early, early on. Um, you know, for some of our, our primary systems, such as our access control system, so that we can do things like that. Um, we, we, had to, we had to recognize that we need to move away from this model of having a server underneath the desk and really be a part of um, the enterprise as, as a whole. And so um, I think today it's helped us a lot, really, um, you know, finding the right technology that's hopefully going to drive us um, future and make really smart investments for us. You know, in a nonprofit space, it's important for us to make smart investments. And so um, I, I think that's really what's helped us uh, drive forward. Um, and we would continue to, you know, really want to uh, take that take take that step and have that environment to work closely with with others that are starting to evolve in that space. Well, I've just been honored to uh, be able to watch your journey over time, Dylan. And uh, one of the things, if, if I, you don't mind me weighing in, that seems to really um, benefit children's from this piloting DNA is you said we've been able to test. Well, we know 80% of the problems, the old Deming principle, 80% of the problems occur in the first 20% of the cycle. And so you, yes, have been able to test a couple of things. Does the technology actually work? Does it actually apply and add value to the, the business, the safety, the health, the children's and the stakeholders? But also you test the relationship too. Are these people going to be good partners? Are these people going to add to the thought landscape of our uh, risk, security, and resilience profile. You, you've been able to test many different things. It's a multi-dimensional pilot, don't you think? Yeah, I love that. I think you captured it very well there. That, um, uh, you know, I, I absolutely agree. You know, does the technology work? You know, does it add value? And, and, and again, everything that we've been I'd say on our journey with has been about developing relationships and really hopefully meaningful and mutually beneficial relationships together. So yeah, totally agree. So let's get into uh, what's going on today. Um, we know that this is a sensor driven world. We know that sensors uh, are there. There's nothing you can touch today that a sensor is not capturing some kind of data, the bits and bytes of the data. Now, the data has to be applied. That is, information in bits and bytes is useless unless it can be applied. So we also have applications. And so as we begin to explore that, we can see it at a security level, a resilience level. We can see it at a business level. Um, and today, Mike, you were able to convince Children's to deploy uh, a sensor at 
the entry point. And let's, and since your title is Occupancy Sensor Solutions, um, let's, let's go into what are you trying to achieve through this current pilot project at Seattle Children's? That's a great question. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I would like to start by saying that, you know, innovation comes from relationships and incredible innovation comes from incredible relationships. Uh, and Dylan and Seattle have been phenomenal in allowing us in to, to do this pilot and to really, you know, to prove this proof of concept of what we're trying to do. Um, and so this particular pilot is, is, is about tailgate detection, you know, a turnstile in the ceiling, if you will. Uh, but what we're really doing in the moment right now, it, this is that critical part that a lot of people don't understand how important the pre-deployment, pre-development process is. In order for us to come up with the smartest sensor in the world to do what we want and need it to do, which the industry has been asking for for decades, we need to teach it, we need to train it. And in order to teach and train, we need activity, we need people doing what they do, going in and out of doors, going, you know, using carts and wheelchairs and, and just all these different things that are gonna happen in an environment so that we can teach our product, our device, our sensor, what it needs to learn and be effective. And again, going back to a relationship, you, you can't do that in a vacuum. You know, we can't do that. We can't simulate that. We can't simulate the real world. You need the real world and you need partners in the real world to let you do these things. I love that. I love that. You can't sim simulate the real world. I, I, I love that. So um, have you formed a hypothesis about what this sensor will learn and how it might be applied that um, uh, once you had taught it what to do? Well, we, um, I believe we have. I believe that we have been able and will continue to be able to learn and get smarter and solve for human behavior at the door to be able to give, you know, those who need it the information that is required. Um, to make a long story short, as far as tailgate detection goes, false alarms cost money. And if we can eliminate false alarms, we can save people money. That's really where a lot of this comes from. So I believe that, yes, I believe that we will prove our hypothesis because of the, again, because of the relationship, because of the value that Children's has brought to us is, is amazing. Yeah, it's so funny. So you lead with one that you absolutely know the cost. It's an industry trend. False alarms has been a plague on the industry. And if you can do your part to solve some subset of that, that's, that's a quick ROI uh, regardless. But at the same time, is as, as the device learns from the behavior, you're expecting to peel back that onion and apply that data in many different ways. Yep. And again, it's innovation that comes from relationships. I, I, I can't stress that enough. I mean, when you talk about Seattle having that, you know, that in their DNA to, to do these things and to reach out and to allow their, you know, allow their environment to be a lab for people to 
grow and just better. It just better. It's better for everybody. It just, it, it just doesn't exist enough. And that's why it's so precious. It really is. Uh, it, it really is an as, astounding story too. Here's Steve Caroselli, founder of Orion, who you know works hard to establish an American-based brand in turnstile in, entrance control systems. Very specific application of ac uh, access control, entrance control, uh, and now morphing his brand to be a presence company. And presence is going to be probably one of the key analytics that will fuel many different applications inside the enterprise, both business and security. Uh, so this, is, this isn't going to be um, just one uh, application of your sensors uh, at the door. You're also going to be exploring other types of sensors. Can you give us some indication of a little glimpse into the future that you'd like to apply at Seattle Children's as well? No, absolutely. Uh, when, you know, when Steve started Orion, you know, it was called Orion Entrance Control, but he really from day one had a vision that was far beyond this. I mean, our, our turnstiles have been IoT devices from the beginning. Our, our very first iteration was on the network and it's only grown from there. And so his vision to grow that universe, grow the, the, the universe of, of Orion uh, has now shifted into, when we talk about presence detection, we have another technology, it's a radar sensor, it's an active radar sensor that whether it's above a door or in a room, it can give you with total accuracy, is there a human being in that room? Is there someone present in that space? And that's, again, information that can be used in a myriad of different ways. And it's, it's very exciting technology, I'll tell you that much. Um, but what we would, again, like to see is, you know, the fusion of multiple technologies. You know, our turnstile on the ceiling is using LIDAR as an example. So another form of radar, if you will. Um, and being able to take those two kind of completely separate technologies, blend them together into our, our universe, our infinity software, if you will, and push out that data to give somebody truly accurate information. Well, that's what I mean. What can you do with accurate information, Ron? What can you do? And, and it really is just stress that because of the unique nature of that technology. You're sensing human beings, but not necessarily identities. So things like capacity planning, business flow. Um, you know, we just had this incredibly awful condominium fall down. This idea of knowing how many people were in the building before it crashed. Though those are incredible applications of presence technology. Does um, have you formed some other hypothesis about how it might be applied at a hospital? Energy management. Ah, very good. Um, obviously, you know, uh, the, the accountability that we talk about, knowing where, knowing where individuals are, but space management, you know, conference rooms. DoorGuard really got its start five years ago 
when we were kind of testing the market to find out if this is something that people were going to want, we had one customer come over and, you know, they started talking to us as they do, as we know them. And he said to us, you know, who really would love this? Our facilities manager. Let me go get him. And he brought him over. And that guy stood there for a good 45 minutes, not lecturing us, but having a conversation with him about his problem with conference rooms and the fact that he never knew if there was anybody in there and it was costing him so much money because the lights were on, but no one's home and just went into this whole, we were like, whoa. And then come to find out that that's a huge problem in, in, in the industry that we had no idea about. So just being able to give the data to those that are looking for it, they're going to come up with more use cases than we'll ever be able to on our own. So, so uh, Dylan and Mike, uh, how long is this pilot going to go on with door uh, with the uh, entry, uh, the door entry system? Not uh, the others haven't been deployed yet, but how long will this pilot continue? As long as Dylan allows, <laughs> we are we are uh, uh, we are happy to. Um, it's really it's. Well, that, I'll, I'll post it a different way. What I meant is, at what point will you have learned enough data where uh, uh, it, we will know how it should be or could be applied at Seattle Children's? When, when will that uh, be in place, do you think? I think that will happen when I call Dylan and tell him it's ready. The product is ready. All right. I'm ready to show it to you as it's intended. Okay. So Dylan, uh, one of the things I think you know from the great conversation is I keep telling the industry, uh, I, I keep redefining what a case study is. Um, unfortunately, a lot of marketing people think it's a testimonial. Uh, I love case studies because they define a problem and the behavior of the team, which could be part internal, part external, hopefully both, the team that's mustered around the problem, their thought process of what they're thinking about as they solve the problem, and then how they deploy the answer uh, uh, or the solution to the problem over time. That to me, every piece of that journey is a case study, every piece. So we're right now in the case study of a pilot, the why, what we hope to learn. And, uh, and if we can, I'd like permission, Dylan, to maybe have you on at the conclusion of the pilot. What did you learn? And, and, and possibly how you see others in your industry and your peer group could apply it in the future, even if you don't. So that, that would be uh, something I'd like to talk to you in the future. Is that okay? Oh, it makes good sense. Sounds great. Yeah. So, so we can, as an industry, follow this, track this, understand its application. I think it's a great conversation. So um, for those of you who have been listening, you learned a few things today. One is the ever evolving landscape of our industry, the global risk, the IT convergence, and the uh, necessity of a pilot DNA for your, your company your department and your partners. Uh, thank you both for a great conversation.